listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Levine, and you can find me at Justin Lev on Twitter. And I'm also a former Red94 contributor and founder of FadeAwayFinance.com, which is a website dedicated to marrying business and basketball. And that Twitter handle is at FadeAwayFinance. And I'm your second host, Wilfredo Venegas. I am the uh, host of the Casual Fan Podcast, and you can find me at W.E. Venegas, and be sure to follow Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. So, uh, well, Fredo and I are going to sort of talk about a couple of big topics. Obviously, the biggest topic on every Rockets fan and every NBA's fan right now uh, before the season starts in less than two weeks is the latest uh, situation involving a star player for the Houston Rockets, James Harden. And uh, Wilfredo, there's, <laughs> I feel like this is just changing by every second, every, every day. And uh, you know, today uh, there was a few big pieces of, of uh, news coming from, ESPN, uh, first, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and Tim McMahon reported today that uh, earlier in the day that James Harden previously was only interested in the Brooklyn Nets in terms of a trade destination, but now he said he would be open to a trade to the Philadelphia 76ers or possibly other contenders. So it sounds like Harden is – well, I want to get your take, Wilfredo. What do you What do you – what do you think about all this so far with, with James and what's your sentiment about, you know, where he, you know, not, not going, you know, obviously missing practice on Sunday and, you know, now he's got to, you know, he's back in Houston, which is good, but now because he was uh, partying in Vegas, uh, yeah. he, <laughs> he has to quarantine uh, or get six consecutive negative tests in a row or a test every single day, basically for six days. So, um, so that would, the earliest he would be available is Monday of next week to play. So he's clearly going to miss the first preseason game with the Rockets uh, on Friday. So Wilfredo, what, what do you, what do you think about this so far? What's your, what's your take? Bro, you, you hit it on the head right now because you said there's constant, constant news is con- constant influx of news and i'm just afraid to say anything because i'm going to say something right now and tomorrow's going to be completely different but i don't know about you justin i i personally i'm i'm soured on harden mm. <laughs> harden is my favorite player of all, of all time but um it's just not the way it's not the way to to treat the organization that uh he, yeah he doesn't owe, owe us anything but bro we we got a what 22 23 year old james harden we got him from the okc from oklahoma city we gave him a chance. We gave him max deals. We gave him all the players he wants. And now he's just kind of like dumping us. And I, for one, I'm just, I'm cool with not trading him right away. And I'm cool with running it 
with him and, until like, to, you know, just to see the new pieces and new acquisitions. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like he's going about it the wrong way. I don't know if you felt this way, but when I heard that Harden wanted a trade request, like way early on, well, he wanted a trade. I was cool with it. You know, I was like, you know what? He deserves a ring and we, mm-hmm. we can't give it to him. I was fine with it. I don't know if you were, but it's just now the way he's going through with it. Yes. He opened up the teams uh, to Philly was the only one uh, that was really named, but I just feel like he has the Rockets in the chokehold and, and the yeah. Rockets are fighting back. But uh, were you cool with it when it was just the trade request or was well, our, well, here's, here's how, I mean, look, this is the, a trade request is nothing new. And, and I think there's, there's a big difference between what Harden is doing and what other players have done in the past. And I'll get to that in a second. But the first thing is trade request is nothing new. Obviously, Anthony Davis is the most recent one that comes to yep. mind. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, hell, we'll go back even further. I mean, you know, even Kobe Bryant, you know, before he won his two championships, you know, after the Shaq, if Kobe only. Era, he had a trade request. And I'll, you know, get a little closer to home with Hakeem Olajuwon. He, you know, I'm, I grew up with the 94, 95 team and, I, you know, never knew until recently that he had requested a trade prior to winning those two championships with, with less and, um, or maybe it wasn't, I think it was Charlie Thomas. who was a previous owner of the team, but any, anyway, it, it's nothing new. Um, the difference here is Harden is, you know, is basically in my mind, he's trying to eat his cake or trying to have his cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that is, he signed all these, and you obviously mentioned this just just now, is he's signed all these extensions, MAC extensions. You know, he's getting paid $41 million. His contract is not up for another two years. And after that second year, he's got a player option that he can exercise for another 41 or 50, close to $50 million. So, you know, clearly um, this is a different scenario. And you know, with Davis, his contract was up or coming close to being up. He wasn't on a max deal. And Jimmy Butler was traded to the Timberwolves. So it's not like he wanted to be there in the first place. And and Harden, you know, was also obviously traded to the Rockets. But he's been with the team for, you know, close to, you know, or close to nine years at this point. And, you know, there's been some ups and downs. And, Maury, when he was here, did, in my mind, he did everything he could. Now, he, you know, he had some budget restrictions in terms of what he could do and how much he can go over the salary cap. And that wasn't just with Tillman. It was obviously with less, too. I think even with less, you know, he was not very comfortable going over the luxury tax or paying the luxury tax either. So, Maury did what he could. He, he in, the, in his time, though, Maury you know, brought all the pieces that, you know, fit for, for James. And, and the first one was thought to be Dwight, you know, Dwight was the, you know, the front court threat the, that, that Harden needed the pick and roll threat, but that didn't really turn out to be the way it should have been. And so that broke off. And then, you know, Harden spent a year trying to recruit Chris Paul uh, in that 16-17 season. And so he finally got Paul to come over to the Rockets and they had two years and, and the 17-18 Rockets were the best remarkable. Rockets. Remarkable. Best Rockets team of all time in terms of regular season wins. 
incredible team. And um, I could spend a, a thousand podcasts on that season. <laughs> Um, but, but, and then, and now, and then he brought in, and then Russ came in for, for CP when, when Arden felt that CP wasn't pulling his weight. And, and it was interesting. Uh, Chris Paul went on a, I think he went on a podcast yesterday and he yeah. mentioned something about how he's been in the best shape he's ever been. And he even referenced Houston when he was saying that he felt as though he had to play gingerly because of his injuries and i guess and it showed yeah and it definitely showed i mean he only played i think he played 56 57 games no more than that each season and so um that's interesting to see that but but you know russ came in and 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 you know every fan knows that russ came in because harden wanted him here and that did not turn out to be what it should have been either. And, and Justin, that's the biggest, because I know you mentioned other people and I know you mentioned AD and a lot of people like comparing the AD to Harden situation. I know the clutch city group has a, a very special Pelicans fan in there. Uh, but the difference between the AD and Harden situation is that the Rockets literally mortgaged their future for Harden. And, and mm-hmm. something that the, I, I feel like the Pelicans can't, they can't say the same, like, like the Rockets went all chips in with Harden. And to me, it's just, such a big slap in the face to to force a trade to one location now too but it's just that that, that's the thing that really gets to me so yeah if in in case you're wondering Justin I'm very sour on the situation yeah I understand and and for me it's it's look it's I try to look at things a little you know I try not to get emotional about it I mean Harden's given us given us years of happiness eight incredible seasons or coming up on nine or maybe it's the 10th season I can't remember at this point I'm not sure um, he's been around forever. He, he's, he's really given all he's got on the court. Um, and so if he were to get traded, uh, I would not have any hard feelings about it. And I think, you know, honestly, I think it's not the worst thing in the world. Now, I think the optics are obviously terrible. Exactly. It's not and, that and, he wants to get traded. It's how he's doing it. Right. And I think, I think the optics are, uh, terrible and, you know, Honestly, I think that's that's the issue. There was an article today hmm. before and before I mention this, there was, you know, this is not the first time Harden's done this, uh, even though we think it is. I read this article from Kelly Eco, great writer for The Athletic, hmm. and he's and there's a quote in this recent article that he put out saying, quote unquote, Harden's recent desires to be traded to Brooklyn may be an isolated incident, but this isn't the first time he's approached the team with such intent, sources say. When it became clear after losing to the Spurs in 2017 that another playmaker was sorely needed, the Rockets pulled off a blockbuster sign-and-trade deal for Chris Paul. After the 2019 playoff collapse and fallout with Chris Paul, sources say Harden told the front office the same thing. Commit to building a championship team or trade me. That summer, Russell Westbrook was brought in for Paul, and the rest is history. So Harden has had extreme influence in the front office for all these years, and I think my my running theory at this, at least at this point, is there's a, obviously a new head coach. Uh, there's a new general manager. And frankly, there has been a new owner with the team uh, for the last, you know, you know, three, three years. So all the all the key people at the top are different from when Harden came in in 2012. 
So that is a sign that, you know, I think Tillman is in, in just for Tita is one of those guys who I think is someone who wants results more than anything. And, you know, I, it, there's been no results. And so I, I, you know, I would not be, you know, I think Tillman personally probably would not, you know, he, he, look, he said it's three to four years of, of, you know, you've given me everything you got. Maybe it's time to rebuild and maybe it's time to try something new because I don't know. I mean, the Rockets are heavy, heavy, heavy underdogs to, you know, even make it past the second round in this year's uh, NBA season. So if it's championship or bust, you know, the Rockets have obviously made it to the Western Conference Finals uh, in Harden's time here twice, uh, but it's championship or bust. And I just don't know how that, how this, as good as this team I think is going to be this year, I don't see that happening. So. Yeah. And, and Eco's quote is, is very interesting because after every big loss, you know, we see a big change happening and we see that Harden is, is a big factor and pusher of that. And that's why I feel like the, this, the wall move was interesting when it comes to Harden because of the comments that John Wall said in the media day. Um, and I, I thought that was an excellent sign until the, my man didn't show up to practice. But <laughs> so I just thought that, oh, Harden approved the John Wall trade, you know? So it's just another transition. Harden's just trying to play, play hardball, but then he's not showing up to practice. So I don't know if, if you can add John Wall to the list of Kelly Eco's of Harden uh, wanting moves or is this something, or do you think this is just something the front office just did on a, on a whim? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There, we, you know, with the Rockets, you'll never, you're never going to know the full <laughs> story, unfortunately. And, but the optics are obviously terrible. There was an article today in the ringer from, from uh, Rob Mahoney about the, 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 the title of it is James Harden's pushing player empowerment to its limits. And it goes back to, I mean, great article. All of our listeners, I would recommend you, you take a read of it, but, long story short, it, it goes back to the differences that we've, we, Wilfredo and I were talking about, which is Harden's got two years on his contract left. He signed a max deal. Um, all previous, all previous sort of player movement requests or player trade requests. And we're going back to Anthony Davis, going back to um, Jimmy Butler um those requests were made when a the 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 player did not have a max deal mm. b the player had you know didn't have the level of influence that Harden has in the front office and uh you know and c didn't have as nearly as much time left on his contract i mean davis uh you know got traded to la with one year left on his contract and Jimmy was basically a rental in, in Minnesota. So ultimately, um, you know, that's the difference. And, and I don't want to call this, this is, <laughs> I don't know if this is player empowerment. I think this is like, uh, I don't know what I'd call it. Wilfredo. what would you call it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a hostage situation <laughs> from, from both sides. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's who, they're playing who's going to blink first. They're playing the game of chicken. Yeah. It's like, are you going to show up or are we going to trade? It's, it's, it's just, it's just so, this is so weird just because this is so unlike Harding, which is a hoop head. So who knows, man? 
Yeah. And, and honestly, I think the, you know, the optics are obviously terrible. We're in a, we're in a global pandemic and Harden is partying in Vegas with no mask and don't get me started. (laughs) You know, I mean, it just gives a lot of fuel to the Harden haters uh, out there who will, who have already most likely dunked on him even poor, more poor, now with, with this poor and, guy, poor people who, who thought who woke up Sunday morning and really expected, Oh, maybe Harden's going to show up from Atlanta to Houston yeah. for, for morning practice. There's really people who thought that he was going to show up for morning workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were all hoping that, and clearly that did not happen. Um, There's no way. <laughs> so, so I'm going to take the, I want to take the over under with you. I have a question and I, I've been having this conversation with a lot of other Rockets fans is, is how, where, how long do you think Harden has left here in Houston? And, and um, I'd like for you to answer that and give me your thoughts. That, that's such a complex question. I know it shouldn't be, but the reason it's a complex question is because if Harden suits up and if Wood is what he's supposed to be, if Wall is healthy, DeMarcus is looking like the teammate of the year. If, if he gets a glimpse of the new roster and the roster is what Houston fans are expecting it to be, he might make it to the year. You know, so so I really do think it it depends on how Harden feels about the roster when he gets into to training, and how Harden sees Philly and and and, and uh, Brooklyn, because their success isn't guaranteed. You know, Philly obviously has a roster that looks to succeed, and so so does Brooklyn. But we've never seen Kyrie and KD play. We haven't mm-hmm. seen KD play since 2019. So there's so many factors to Harden uh, wanting to push more or to be okay with the team. I think it, it, if, you know, Rockets come out and we're just 15 and five, I don't see why he's leaving. And mm-hmm. if Brooklyn starts like nine to nine or something like that. So there's yeah. just so many factors. But if I was a betting man, <laughs> I think we're trading Harden by the deadline. Mm. I think he, I think he, he, he leaves. And I think yeah. we get, and I, and I don't think we get the bag for him and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think, I think that's a very, uh, conservative estimate. I think that the best case scenario is he plays for a full season, one more full you, you season. You think so? You think so? Okay. With the Rockets, I, that's best case scenario. And what I mean oh, by I that, love is, that, yeah, I would love. Yeah, that. I think. And and what I and and again, I'm not. It all, like you said, it all depends on how they come out of the gate. And if, other teams too. Right. If the Rockets, you know, it's going to be hard. The West. I feel like even even every year I feel like I'm saying this, the West keeps getting better and better. Which is scary. Really, really scary. I mean, look, you've got OKC is your worst team. Yeah, I guess. I mean, OKC is the worst team, but then yeah, I mean, the Suns got better. Uh, I think that was a great trade. I mean, Paul and Booker are going to be great together, and with Pelicans aren't no joke. Pelicans are going to be good. Uh, Minnesota has Cat and Delo. I know they're there. We make fun of them a lot, but Cat and Delo are that's still a potent duo in yeah. any given night. Yeah, and the Warriors, even though they won't have Clay, they'll they're going to make some noise, obviously. And For the sure. Lakers are just a tier above everybody else. <laughs> clear, clear favorite amongst yeah. everyone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and um, yeah, it, it, the Jazz are eh, the Jazz are the Jazz. I think. You know, it's it's going to be interesting. I want to see it, – it will be very interesting. We'll get in this in our second part, which is a preseason sure. preview. But it's uh, – obviously, everyone's high on wood. And – but I'm also wondering if uh, Cousins got, has got something left in the tank. And we – you know, Wall – Mid of the year award. Yeah. I'll tell you right yeah, now. Yeah. And Wall looks good. Um, so let's 
Um, well, Fredo, before we, we take a break, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about um, Harden or in, and all this drama that's happening? Uh, yeah, I do actually do, because I, I feel like I need to say something, especially to my Twitter followers and the people I've been talking to on Twitter, because it, it's okay to love Harden and to criticize him. And I feel like a lot of people are, no, I have to defend Harden no matter what, like, or, or I have to bash Harden no matter what. It's okay to love him, and it's okay to, in, to acknowledge everything he's done and also to acknowledge what he's doing right now is wrong. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. I just want yeah. to let, 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 let people know that it's okay. <laughs> Look, if he leaves, uh, I won't have any hard feelings. and I might. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> D- depending how he leaves, I, I might. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, media day and do a quick preview of the preseason. And we are back for the second half of the Launchpad podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop a review or leave us some stars. But now we are about to talk about the preseason coming up. We're going to preview it a little bit. And I don't know about you, Justin, but I've been keeping up with the media days like crazy because – this preseason, I'm pretty invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have been too. I've always, I, my biggest focus has been seeing how Stephen Silas carries himself in these, in these interviews. And so far I've been very impressed with him. Uh, he, even though he, he, I mean, he, the guy looks like he's in his like 25 years old, but he's 47 so, and he's yeah. been in the league for so long. Uh, I think he's been in the league for 20 years now. And he's been, you know, I feel just, I feel bad for him. I mean, he, you know, walked into this Harden situation, but he's been extremely diplomatic and, um, you know, is and, and I'm very encouraged of so far what he's, what he's said about preaching the importance of the defense, the having variety in the offense. These are things that Rockets fans have been clamoring or clamoring with, we're clamoring with D'Antoni that, they didn't get and and um, uh, he talked about uh, Jashawn Tate, the the player they got from Australia, who is played for the assistant coach Will Weaver, and he was raving about him. And so it it, it that gives me encouragement that he's going to use his bench. And you know, I think as I I I think D'Antoni was great for Houston, but you know, every Rockets fans know that he doesn't play play more than six or seven players, uh, you know, in the playoffs. So, um, but anyway, what what are your thoughts? You know what? I pumped the brakes on Silas for a long time. I actually was a, a JVG guy, but I was also excited with the Silas hire, and I, and and he really excited me with his "I'm a win now" coach kind of kind of vibe. Um, but I will be honest with you. After I saw our rookie GM, Rafael Stone, go hard. I was like, Steven Silas, you're next. Like, it, I, I, I definitely feel like this, this tandem of Stone and Silas, I'm excited for it. I'm extremely excited for Silas. He's, he's the perfect definition of a chill guy controlling a room because he's not one of those, oh, I'm aggressively going to grab the mic and answer every question. He's just chill. Like, you know, he's, he's chill, but yet he controls the room. And I absolutely love what DeMarcus Cousins said about him today. He said he coaches with good intentions. And I feel like that's 
per, that's a perfect way to describe Silas because he do you see do you think this man has a bad bone in his body <laughs> I, I just feel like he loves basketball and and I also love that he said uh I forgot who said it but they said that 80 percent of the practice was defense like what is that like are we the Houston Rockets like what, what's, what's, what's going on well that's that's the thing I think every everyone knows that if you put a top 10 defense around Harden and I'm, I'm assuming Harden's going to play, but if you put it, if you put a top 10 defense around Harden, it, it, it makes a world of difference in the, in the, obviously that 2017, 2018 team was number five or six, I think. In yeah, defense. I, believe so, we were six. I believe we were six. Yeah. And, and that's so important. And, you know, even though the Rockets played good defense in the playoffs, they were exposed by the Lakers in that second round. And, um, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, they couldn't, they couldn't keep up with them. And so I am worried about the defense. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know how good of a defender Wood is, or, you know, I heard how, he's not, I heard he's not personally, yeah, but, he's, but yeah. he's long though. Yeah. So. And so maybe, and, and maybe if he plays in a more of a, look, this is kind of like the same thing with Capella or with, even with Harden. I mean, it depends on how much they're going to switch. I'm really curious to see how, what the defensive sets are going to be this, this season, because offensively, I think the, what the Rockets have done offensively over the last three or four years is, you know, I wouldn't, you know, Silas was in Dallas. And so he is going to run a similar offense. I mean, in my mind, because Luca was kind of the hardened, obviously is kind of the hardened there. And so everything kind of revolves around Luca to a certain extent, although there is a lot more movement in that offense. And I think I'm hopeful that there, he's going to do that here. And I think, I think Eric Gordon or one of the players said that they're, they're running a lot more. They're having, there's a lot more offensive movement in the practice, which they're saying all the right things. And Eric and Ben said that actually, Eric. Oh, that's good. More. That's yeah. good. So Eric said it, Ben said it, and, you know, I'm very excited to see the variety. And the question I have is, you know, a big part of this is obviously Harden. And because Harden is, you know, Harden was encouraged to isolate, you know, because he was efficient at it. He scored 1.11 points per points possession on an isolation from him versus you know, I mean, he was the most efi- one of the most efficient offensive weapons for for the Rockets, but obviously that efficiency declines in the playoffs. And it, it's exciting to know that there's going to be, you know, a better second weapon, uh, offensive weapon, uh, rather than guys just kind of standing around and shooting threes, or you know, and and obviously that's the shooting all the threes I don't think that's going to change. The Rockets are going to continue to shoot a bunch of threes. Uh but to have a little bit more variety and uh getting more players involved, I'm a big believer in momentum and uh you have to get players touches in order for them to score and to you kind of start up the offense. And it sounds like Silas gets that. It sounds like the players are excited about that. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I feel like this year is going to be a bit more of a fit instead of talent because the players around Harden now fit better than, uh, than Russ did. But since we got so much, so much new personnel, uh, what player has you the most excited, Justin? The player that has me the most excited is, um, you know, I, lots to choose from this year. Huh? I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
<laughs> I think it's I think it's Christian Wood, and you know he was the signing that got me the most amped. And is it know, too early to buy a jersey? He, yes. Too much of a gamble. <laughs> too much of a gamble. I need at least uh, twenty games okay. to buy, or even like half a season. I I was uh, smart in in look. I have I have. Uh, a bunch of Hakeem jerseys. I have even a Mario LA jersey, who's my favorite Rocket of all time. And I have a Harden jersey, Drexler jerseys. I I was at one point I wanted to get a Chris Paul jersey. I did not get one, and uh, I'm glad I didn't get a Russell Westbrook jersey either. Yeah, let's let's not talk about that because I actually <laughs> made that mistake. So. <laughs> well, there's uh, the Amex jersey assurance, so you can get a Washington Wizards. <laughs> uh russell oh, no. westbrook jersey uh and wear that around town if you'd like oh, <laughs> um, sure that would go great yeah yeah you'll be a uh you know you'll you'll be a real rust stand <laughs> um but uh yeah so so i'd say wood um and then the ones where i'm like really curious about are demarcus cousins and seeing what he has left in the tank john wall i'm very curious about it. i hope he uh is as good as what uh, people are saying in the practice, you know, he, they, they said he was very, very good in the, in practice and, and shows a lot of speed. So I'm hopeful that is not just positive fluff and that's real. And then, um, uh, David Nwaba, you know, I want to see what he's got left too. I mean, all these, you, you, mentioned, a lot all the, of, uh, you mentioned all the Achilles boys. Yeah. Yeah. The three, <laughs> the three guys that tore their Achilles that, you know, I think the Rockets should just have, um, tell all the eight free agents that, you know, we'll, we'll take you even if, uh, if you've got an Achilles tear, we don't care. Do you uh, mind if I, if I come clean to you right now, Justin? Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to make a mistake that I might regret, but I'm going to do it. Cause I'm it's just, this is what I do. I'm going to buy a John Wall Jersey probably, <laughs> probably, probably in the next, probably in the next week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I it, it's just, I'm falling into the trap. I know yeah. Carmelo traumatized me with because his his workout videos look phenomenal, and John Wall's workout videos look phenomenal. I'm and yeah. I'm excited, so I'm I'm falling into the trap face first. Yeah, yeah. I I um I need I need at least like two seasons. Uh, oh wow, you're a you're a commitment man. You yeah you need... yeah. I need at least two, and that's a lot in this day and age with the NBA. But um, I need at least uh, two, and or or I need a championship. <laughs> That's facts. If if you won a championship, I don't care where you go afterwards. I'm buying your jersey. Like, um, you know, I I I have way too many Akeem jerseys, and I have way too many. Uh, you can't I have too many. Have, I know. I still have my original Akeem jersey when I was a when I was a kid. It doesn't fit me anymore. Sure, it still fits. <laughs> it does not fit me anymore. There's one uh, jersey you can get though without a championship. And I, do you want to guess who? Who? Gerald Green, the mayor of Houston. Oh, that's true. That's true. He does definitely Gerald Green. I, I uh how do you I, feel about, about him back on the team? I'm excited. I think he's he to me is kinda like that uh I don't know how much playing time he's gonna get. Um but Ben might take all his PT, huh? And ben and Ben and him are like he's Ben's a better version of of Gerald Green, but Gerald Green the thing actually though is what I've Gerald Green is never hesitant to shoot and never. <laughs> and I, I think uh, that's why D'Antoni liked him so much is because he, he hates hesitation. 
So um, if you did not shoot that three, he would he would just yank you. And uh, that's the one thing that Gerald does. He just he just shoots, and it doesn't. And he sometimes makes these shots that just are look completely ugly, and they go in somehow. And you get mad for him taking it until he and goes I, you in. get very mad at him taking it, but he takes it, and he's. I'm so happy that he's back on the team because he, you know, he is a player that really appreciates. I mean, the Rockets really gave him a second life uh, and, and he really gave a lot to the city. And, and I, I think, you know, a player like him who reps the city hard is great. Uh, He would always roll out with his, the Oilers jerseys and the, the old school Rockets jerseys. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome to have that. And um so yeah i'm excited about him just for him to be back on the team yeah Um, uh, definitely definitely and uh so you mentioned you said you're excited for christian wood right and obviously john wall demarcus cousins um how do you feel about daniel house this season mm -hmm. i think he is going to be extremely interesting this season just because are we going to see house unlocked (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think uh all you know I think it's. I'm glad that they've kind of uh, the Rockets kind of swept all that, all that bubble. He apologized. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, bubble. You know, the minute he came out with his apology, the first thing that came to my mind was when um, Elliot Spitzer, uh, you know, came out. Uh, you know, it, it, when when he got caught with you know uh, some transgressions, <laughs> and you know had his had his wife by his side, and this was oh man, this is 11 years ago, but it. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped my mind. Is like I'm sorry for. <laughs> he didn't even wait. He didn't even wait for the question. He was like, "I like to apologize." Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think he all is forgiven though. All is forgiven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like what you said about uh, Christian Wood and in, in uh, what I'm reading right now because you call them the bridge, yeah, of of what we can do or what we can or we what we will be, and uh, someone who's going to be a big part of that. I feel, and I need to apologize because I thought Jay Sean Tate was going to be a dud, but mm. what Silas is saying. Is, I was saying he, he's looking, he's standing out. Yeah. Because when I was watching Jay Sean uh, Tate's highlights of Aust- in Australia, right? That's, that's where he played. Um, he seemed like a short forward that can't shoot and shoots flat-footed. He can shoot, but he shoots flat-footed. But, I mean, if he just plays with heart hustle and stuff, I, I, I think he could definitely be a fan favorite if he gets PT. Yeah. I, I, I'm really excited about it. I mean, there's a lot of guys I'm excited about, but this is – For sure. This is on par with every every preseason. You know, there was – uh, I mean, I remember when I was excited about Michael Carter Williams a few seasons ago, and, and same, uh, <laughs> you know, I probably shouldn't have been excited about him. Um, I am excited about Sterling Brown too. I think he he's going to be under he's an underrated signing in my mind. He's uh, you know strong defender, got a six ten wingspan. We got he's a Rockets, pro. He's a he's a pro player. He needs a pro. pro player, and the Rockets yeah. got a lot of length, which is great. Uh, that's something they've been missing for years. David Nwaba. Sterling Brown, Christian Wood, um, you know, these guys are, 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 you know, Daniel House, you know, Eric Gordon, who actually I'm really interested to see if he's, you know, how he's going to play. I mean, he really tanked his value last season, and but he sounds like he's ready to get back at it. And Silas was very uh, – Silas made the point of saying how impressed he was with Eric Gordon's defense, which MDA has always – was always saying that. And it's true. I mean, he, I mean, he's stout, <laughs> he's stout locked up, you know, Donovan Mitchell and, and all these guys, he's, 
he's a really important piece. I know his shooting was dreadful during the playoffs, but he is a very important rotational piece. And so if he can fix his shot, get back to where he was, you know, two seasons ago, it's going to be huge uh, to just get that value back from him. And, and, you know, in, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, There's addition by just getting him back to who he was. Uh, Breaking on Sterling Brown, by the way, is that he's not with the Rockets because he's dealing with COVID protocols. So hopefully all that settles down and he's okay. Yeah. I I saw that today too. I mean, he hasn't been in practice, but he. Oh, uh, it's seven hours ago. I just saw that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, it's okay. I don't, I mean, this stuff is happening so quickly. I mean, I'm sure when we get off this podcast, there'll be some new Harden news. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he's still on the Rockets. By the time yeah. yeah. Hopefully he's not like gone left Houston and gone to uh, back to Vegas or something. Um, yes, sir. But anyway, I mean, I think, I think that about wraps it up. I mean, do you, um, do you have anything else to add? Wilf- uh, Wilfredo? No, just uh, stay tuned for the black John Wall Jersey. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the best. You, you, if you're going to get the John Wall jersey, you better get the, the, the baby blue one. That is I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't bring myself <laughs> to like it. I, I'm sorry. I tried. I tried, but I can't. I, it's, yeah, I think you need to see it in person. Have you? Uh, no, I have not. Um, <laughs> I can't, bro. It's, it's a blue shirt with the red H-Town on it. Yeah, I don't really like the, the, the phrase H-Town on the jersey. I, I actually. It's kind of over. It's, it's. You did it once last year. Cool. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I really don't like the, I mean, just say Houston on it. I, I'm not like, I know all of us call it H town, but I, you got to throw it out. Well, you got to throw it out every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> but you be, can't, it'd be cooler if it just said H time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> honest, but um, uh, yeah, it will be a black one. Definitely not a blue one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The black one is definitely my, the black one is probably my uh, second favorite Jersey of all time for the Rockets. Besides the mustards, yeah, ketchup mustard number one, yeah. black and red number two, and then I'm gonna say the the late '90s pajama ones are my number three. Can I end the podcast in a very controversial <laughs> statement? Sure. I'm a fan of the gray checkered jerseys. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm done, folks. Oh man, that one's awful. Oh god. Uh, yeah. On that note, I think we're gonna end. Um, but hey, man, it's been a real pleasure. Pleasure. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's, um, you know, we'll do it again. And uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, guest voices, and camaraderie of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.